Inspector Carr investigates. You'll remember that the case I chose for dramatization last week was apposite to this time of the year. Well, tonight's story will, I think, demonstrate not only the evil that men do in terms of murder, but also the good. And in the case of an ex-convict named Charles Shanley, from the most unexpected source. He displayed towards me a spirit of goodwill which I found quite touching. Little did I realise that this spirit of Christmas generated by Shanley was to cause his death. Let me tell you about it. I've called my story Concrete Evidence. As in South Africa, the British forces of law and order have created special machinery to ensure the welfare and security of the dependents of officers who can no longer pursue their calling. One such body is known as the Police and Prison Officers Welfare Fund, in which I was particularly active. Every Boxing Day, we held a fun fair in support of our funds. I was on the coconut shy stand. Roll up, roll up! Three shies for a shilling. Hit a coconut and you get one of these magnificent prizes. Oh, come along, madam. I'll have a go, Governor. Oh, uh, thank you, sir. One shilling. Good, good heavens. Hello, Charlie. Well, it's nice to see you here. Now, now, don't let me put you off your stroke. I was looking for you, sir. Oh, oh well, let's not hold up the traffic. Uh, take your aim, my friend. Right. Oh, bad luck, Charlie. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, oh, not interested. Oh. Yeah, well, is it, Charlie? You're looking worried. Have you ever known the sun to shine on Boxing Day? And here it is, almost as though it's early spring. Anywhere I can talk, sir. I think it's important. Now, you're not in trouble, Charles, are you? You've been on a straight and narrow for a I'm not, sir. But you are. Anywhere we can talk. Well, the assistant commissioner's relieving me at 12 o'clock. Now, you see that marquee? It's a food marquee. And a big sign over there says food and drink. You see? But well, I'll be there at a quarter past 12. Well, how do you like your sausage and mash? Great. I've no appetite. Mm. They're putting a finger on you, Gov. Are you serious? I wish I wasn't. I read in the paper that all the top brass from Scotland Yard would be on the stalls. Your name was mentioned, sir. Thought I'd come looking for you. I've come to warn you. What's all this about? I got it from my missus last night. Huh? We were at her sister's place, sir. I didn't want to go, but Myrtle made me. You see, Agnes, my sister-in-law, is married to Dan Carson's. The, uh... Layston mob. Well, I never knew that. In fact, I didn't know you were married. Oh, Myrtle's all right. I met her was it was an hospital in Gallstones. And then, blow me down, my sister-in-law tells me that she's getting married to a chap called Carsons. I didn't know it was Dan until I went to the registry office. You know, I've kept clear, don't you, Gov? Hmm. Well, tell me what happened last night. Well, nothing at a party, really. We all saw the Christmas in, and, and I was driving home. Uh, blooming cold, isn't it? What time's it, love? Must be about half past one. Wish it was snow. Be nice to have snow on the ground Christmas morning. Well, I don't know about you. I'm ready for bed. Mm. Everything went off all right, though, didn't it? Boys must be doing pretty well. All that champagne and oysters. Better cost them a pretty penny. Charlie, you're not anchoring after the old days, are you? Me? Damn be silly. That chap they call Spotty. Spotty Evans. My 
What about him? Well, he was teasing me about you. You know, you're going straight in that. Oh, he was rolling all over the place. <laughs> Can't blame him. He's just come out of jail. Been in for over three years. He said something very funny to me. Oh? He said, tell your husband he'd better buy himself a black tie to wear at his guardian angel's funeral. I didn't know what he was talking about half the time. I said, what guardian angel? And he said, a copper named Chief Inspector Carl. And then Dan came over and said Agnes wanted me to help her in the kitchen. What did he mean? He looked very serious when he said it. Who is this Chief Inspector Carl? Blimey. Yeah, that's right. What's right, Charlie? Spotty's brother Lynn tried to make a getaway from the moor. He got killed. I don't know why they should blame the copper for that. Well, there it is, Gump. I've been thinking about it all day yesterday. Then I read that you were going to be here. Well, I came looking for you. Well, that was a very brave gesture on your part. There may be nothing in it, but... When a character like Spotty Evans talks about my being obliterated, I have to take notice. You won't mention me or Myrtle? No, of course not. Anything else, gentlemen? Coffee? Uh, not for me, Governor. I'll better run. I promise to pick Myrtle up at Opera Street. But no, thanks. All right, Charlie. Well, I've got to get back to the store. Thanks again. Yes? Spotty Evans, sir. He's on his way up. Right, thanks. Come in. Here you go. Oh, what is all this? Why have I been picked up? You haven't been picked up, Mr. Evans. You received a polite request to accompany Sergeant Jackson to the yard. Okay, Sergeant, thank you. Right, sir. Ah, come and sit down. What do you want me for? Now, this is entirely off the record. You're not being questioned officially. You uh, wouldn't have wanted to lower yourself in the eyes of your friends by having a senior cop call on you, would you? People might think I've called to extend festive greetings. What is all this? I want to get the record straight. If you think that I derive pleasure from reading of your brother's accident, you're mistaken. Accident? There's no accident. They pushed him off that roof. Oh, that's nonsense and you know it. He got up onto the roof through the ventilator shaft. And when the warders spotted him, he tried to leap onto the roof of the laundry wing. There was ice, snow, and he fell. Now, don't get me wrong, Spotty. I'm not afraid of you or your threats. But I've called you in here for your own good. You've been overheard to say that the mob is going to put the finger on me. All right. Now, supposing that did happen, supposing I did get a knife in my back one dark night, you're the man they're coming for. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't, eh? Well, that's all I've got to say to you. You've been out of stir for less than a week. Uttering threats against the personal safety of an officer of the law is a punishable offence. I could put you inside. But, uh... It's the season of peace on earth and goodwill. Did you get the message? I get that message. But I've uttered no threats. When you put my brother inside... I, I didn't put your brother inside. The judge did that. I just arrested him. If anyone's been uttering threats, it's one of the mob. My brother was number one, you know that. Oh, indeed, I know that. So, you'd better spread the word. That's all. You can go. Sir Jackson! Sir, oh, see this gentleman out. You don't have to. It ain't the first time I've been here. Well, why didn't you put him in, sir? I can't. If we brought him before a magistrate on a charge of uttering threats, we'd have to prove it. And that means subpoenaing Shanley's wife, Myrtle. 
Now, although her brother-in-law, Dan, is not a member of the Leyston mob, the fact that she's turned coppers narc would make life very difficult for her. And do you think pulling Spot in has done any good? I don't know. I just hope so. I don't want to be a martyr to the cause of law and order. Besides, I'm looking forward to the Assistant Commissioner's party, New Year. I've been looking up the records of the Evans trial, sir. Hmm? Len killed that old boy with a razor, didn't he? Yes, he did. Of course, he had three of his stooges swearing that he was playing cards with them at the time. Mm. The old boy in question was one of our informers. He made an injudicious remark to one of his friends, and that was the end of him. Oh, they're a tough lot, Jackson. That's why I'm having Spotty tailed. We don't know whether the gang has broken up or not. What about the three you gave false alibi, sir? Oh, they went inside six months, attempting to defeat the ends of justice. I've had ex-branch on the job. One's died, one's working at a hotel in the Art of White, and the third one's back inside. Well, let's get down to some work. Better send the dossier concerning Baxter to the DPP for his decision. Very good, sir. Good heavens. It's ten past one. I'm starving. I'll nip around the corner and get myself a coffee and a sandwich. Hello, Johnny. A little late for that. Happy festive season to you. Happy New Year. Hey, you, Governor. It's cold, isn't it? Yes, it is. And a kid like you ought to be at home, not flogging papers for his dad. Oh, he's got one of his colds again. You're not going to report me like you said last time, are you? <laughs> I'll let you off as this is the festive season, but uh, tell your father from me. Who's going to look after me, Maggie, and me poor sisters and brothers? We're starving. Oh, starving. You haven't any sisters and brothers. Oh, excuse me, Governor. Either man or the racing form. Oh, uh, uh, there you are, son. Johnny, what was that? Up there, top of that scaffolding. If I hadn't turned back to give you this Christmas box, the remains of me would be splattered on that pavement. Now, I've made it a golden rule never to touch any kind of alcohol during the day, certainly not when I'm on duty. I was sufficiently shaken to break that rule. Hello, sir. Don't often see you in here. Certainly not this time, anyway. More a bit, sir. Uh, not this time, George. I'll, uh, I'll have a brandy. Brandy, sir? Well, don't look surprised, George. It's purely medicinal. Well, a lot of activity around here, sir. Most police cars. Two of the regulars attached to the yard were called back on their walkie-talkie. Yes, George, we're searching the area. Now, um, take a look at this picture. Oh? He might have popped in after paying me a visit. Ever seen him? Don't think so, sir. No. No, sir. Is that what they're after? He's one of them. Yeah, what about that brandy, George? I need it. Come on, right away, sir. Oh, uh, all right, George, it's my walkie-talkie. Carp. Sergeant Jackson, yes, sir? Yes, Jackson. We think we've got him. He's on top of Bowden's building. Just the one? Took at least two men to lift that concrete. That's all the report I got, sir. Bowden's building. Right, I'll be right over. It's a brandy, sir. Oh, uh, don't bother about the change. I don't need the brandy now. I've just received a tonic. Place cordoned off? Oh, yes, sir. Good. Oh, those are the stairs to the roof? Yes, sir. Well, come on. 
Don't be a fool. Any of you come any nearer and I'll jump. Well, there you are, you rotten swine. Well, call me anything you like, but come back off that ledge. What for? We tried to do you, didn't we? Well, we missed you. While I'm talking, get one of the men to organize the fire brigade. Get them those new life-saving sheets. Right, sir. Keep away! Stay where you are, man! Well, Spotty, it's all in the luck of the game. You missed me. I had my little walkie-talkie with me, and so my friends were on the spot in a matter of minutes. Didn't they give you a chance to get down from the building next door? Well, you won't miss next time! Do you fool! You... Report to me when you get back to the yard. You thought, you thought we needed that man's life. We needed to know who was with him on that next building. He's died just as his brother did. What do you think the press will make of this? All right, Sergeant, do the necessary. Yes? The assistant commissioner's on the line, sir. Oh, thank you. Hello, sir. Car. I've read the docket. Uh, we've got to question this man, Shanley. You must see that. The street was crowded when that attempt was made on your life. Yeah, but, sir, Shanley himself knows nothing. It was his yes, wife... Yes, Carr, I know. His wife's sister is married to that villain Carson's. He must know something about the Layston mob. Otherwise, he'd not have invited them to his Christmas Eve party. Well, I'll have a word with Carson's, but... We'll get nothing out of him, sir, even if we throw the book at him. You don't think he's party to the attempt on your life? No, sir, I don't. It's not his scene at all. Oh, he's a villain, but he doesn't go in for the strong-arm stuff. I think we'll be wasting our time, sir. Well, all right, if that's how you feel. But I intend having you tailed, Carl. We're going to watch you, see you don't do anything reckless. Oh, now, Commissioner. <laughs> Dash it, man. I can't have you bumped off before my party. I'll be one male short. Excuse me, sir. Uh, what is it, Operations? Uh, you want me or Chief Inspector Carr? Both, sir. Both, sir. We've just received a report that Charles Shanley has been found shot dead on Clapton Common. He swore to me. Swore on little Sid's life that he'd never again be mixed up with any of those crooks. I'm sure he kept his word, Mrs. Shanley. Then why? Why should this have happened to him? When he didn't come home all night, I, I wasn't worried. With the bad weather, I thought he might have pulled in at one of those caps Charlie used. Can't tell I... you how sorry I am, Mrs. Shanley. Your husband was a fine and brave man. He, he delivered the truck to national removals where he worked. One o'clock this morning. He always walked across the common to get here, didn't he? What's going to happen to us now? To me and my baby? Uh, I know it won't make anything easier for you, but we believe that your husband died because he wanted to save me from being killed. I don't understand. He went out on Boxing Day, wouldn't tell me where he'd been, and when I heard that he'd been murdered, well, well I began to think it was... Oh, I forgot, of course. This is Spotty Evans, what jumped from the roof, and you're Mr. Carr. Spotty talked about you. I'll tell you where your husband went on Boxing Day. He came to see me, to warn me. I wish I'd kept my big mouth shut. He'd be alive today if I had, wouldn't he? Uh, yes, Mrs. Shanley. Oh. Yes, he would. Uh, 
I've been authorized by the Commissioner of Police to tell you that your husband will be receiving what they call a posthumous reward of £2,000, and that your child will receive an annuity of £500 a year until he leaves school. I don't know what to do. What to say? It's I who am at a loss for words, Mrs. Shanley. I, I can't help feeling guilty about the whole thing. I, I should have arranged protection for your husband, but oh, since he assured me that... Oh, what's the use? You mustn't look so upset, Mr. Cole. It wasn't your fault. Well, be that as it may, it's now the 29th of December. Now, what are you going to do? You don't want to stay here, you and your young son, do you? No. No, I'll go back home to my mum and dad. Mm -hmm. They've kept my room. But what about... Will you be offended if I offer you this? Oh, that's not necessary. Charlie earned good wages as a truck driver. We put by a bit each week. I bought him something he'd always wanted never had. The way he smiled, even his eyes seemed to be laughing when he saw that camera. And we were going to have such a happy Christmas. Of course, my feelings as I made my departure can well be imagined. My next visit was on Myrtle's sister and her husband. It proved as abortive as I knew it would be. His protestations that he had no knowledge of who the members of the mob were rang true. If it was the last thing I ever did, Charlie Shanley's death was going to be avenged. Now, Sergeant, look at this map. Now, within five seconds of that block of cement landing at my feet, I was able to pinpoint the spot where the swines must have been standing, right? Right, sir. Now, obviously, as soon as they saw they'd missed me, they split up. Both buildings were unattended. The one next door was in the process of being demolished. Now, you can see what happened. Evans leapt from the insurance building onto Bowden's building. But by the time he tried to get away, our men were racing up the stairs and had commandeered the lift. So... He was cornered. The other swine must have clambered down the ladder or what have you. But how did he make his getaway? Take at least two minutes to get down. Well, there's only one building next to it, other than the Bowden one, and that's this uh, universal catering. I want you to find out... Good heavens. Sir? Well, I... Of course it must be. I'm going to have a word with universal catering. Was this building occupied? Of course. This is a very busy time of the year yes, for us. so I imagine it. A number of your men came yesterday, asked me if I'd seen or heard anything untoward. I assured them that we knew nothing of the rumpus that was going on outside. I could hear police sirens and men rushing about. We were told that they were looking for some desperados. Well, not that it disturbed us and Julie. It was between one and two, and that's when my staff take their lunch. I see. I'm looking for a man who's about mm, five foot eight or nine inches in height, stockily built, dark brown, almost black hair, and a moustache which these days they call Che Guevara. Oh, I know what you mean. Oh, one of those moustaches that droops down on each side. Yes. <laughs> well, I've got a number of young male employees who adopt that kind of style. I'd be grateful if they were called to your office. But my dear chap, most of them aren't working. Don't you know what it's yes, like? all right. Well, give me a list of where they're working. Oh, excuse me, sir. I, I didn't know you had company, Mr. Palmer. Yes, Victor, what is it? How many will we need for the Mitchell wedding? I gave all the particulars to Mrs. Fletcher. Oh, sorry, she, she's not in her office. Yet. She must be. She hasn't gone out. 
Dozy may have gone to the washroom. Uh, right, sir. Sorry to trouble you. I'll get all the grip from her. What's his name? Victor. Victor what? Casey. Why? Oh, excuse me a moment. I must use my walkie-talkie. Hello, Ops. Can you hear me? Hello, Ops. Yes, sir. Coming through clear. The man with the description I gave X-Branch is named Victor Casey. I think he's just had a fright. Made some feeble excuse. He was worried when he saw me enter this office to talk to his boss. Now, quickly, I want him shadowed. My guess is he won't go straight to his job of work. We might be able to find where the mob hangs out. But he's not to be let out of our sight. If necessary, get him pulled in. Understood, sir. I don't understand. Oh, I'm sorry. But the day the rumpus was on, when our men came searching the building, where was this chap, Victor? He was here, preparing. What is this? And he took his lunch from one to two, right? Yes, that's right. I see. I want to take a look at your roof again, please. Now, my guess is right, Sergeant. Let's see what he does now, hmm? Why don't they say something? We haven't had a report for the last half hour. Mm. Oh, uh, something coming in now, sir. Alfred yes. reporting. Our bird has sped off a taxi. Uh, going into a public house called the Royal Oak. Uh, I'm at the window. I can see him quite clearly. He's gone over to a table. Talking to two other men. Mm, the three of them look as though they're very worried indeed. Yeah, give me that. Hello? Hello? Yes? Car here. I want the three of them pulled in. Let's take a gamble. That's incredible. I just can't believe it. Believe it or not, Mr. Palmer, this Victor Casey is a member of the Layston mob. Luckily, he broke down and squealed. The three of them will be charged with the murder of Shanley and the attempted murder of a police officer. Meaning you? Meaning me. Incredible. He's only been with me six months. Well, the idea being that once you found his work satisfactory, you'd give him the job he now has. Responsible for organising weddings and other functions. Think of the information he could pass on to the rest of the mob. Oh, incredible. How did you get on to him? Well, I should have got on to him two days ago. You see, it was all a matter of deduction... It had to be one of your employees. It was reasonable to assume that one of the two men who tried to kill me made his getaway by clambering onto the universal caterer's roof and mixing with the employees. Remember, I got the buildings involved surrounded in a matter of a few minutes. And then the very name of the concern, universal caterers, sparked off something I should have thought of long before. Uh, you won't mention this to anyone? No, of course not. Anything else, gentlemen? Coffee? Uh, the waiter in question was Victor. Universal caterers supplied the meals at the funfair. No one was told that Shanley was coming to see me, and yet they killed him as an informer. So it's these tenuous threads which provide the pattern leading to the culprit. <coughs> Inspector Carr investigates with Hugh Rouse in the title role is written and produced by Michael Silver. Listen again next Thursday night as Inspector Carr investigates.